So it was 2001, 2000, 2001. There was the G8 summit in Genoa. So the Italian FBI was like looking for things that might have been a problem. And they find they found a website. And in this website, there was information stolen from the government. And <laughs> it's getting interesting. And apparently that guy that got that information was me. I can't say if it was me or not, but that was my email. Welcome back to the Make or Break show, where each week we bring you stories of incredible makers and the make or break moments that have defined them along the way. I'm your host, Brandon Cullum, and this week we chat with Jacko Whatever, find out how he went from a Silicon Valley startup to YouTuber to product creator. All right, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We've got another fun one for you guys. We're hanging out with Jacko who is calling in all the way from Italy. He's doing some really cool stuff that we're going to be getting into. But before we do that, as always, I want to let you guys know that our show is brought to you by the wonderful supporters over on Patreon. You guys can find this show uh, on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash make or break show, uh, you guys get a little bit of an after show where we do a Q&A with our guest. And uh, if you guys are on Patreon, we try to ask your questions first. Um, also, something kind of fun we did with this one is we actually recorded this one live over on YouTube. Um, there's kind of a there is a YouTube channel uh, under the Make or Break Show that's been dormant for a little bit as I've kind of figured out the format here. But uh, I'm going to start trying to do live streams of our recordings uh, the rest of this year. So make sure and follow us over there. And if you guys are on Patreon, we'll, we'll try to get your questions asked. So there's a bunch of the rewards, lots of cool things over there. So I encourage you to check it out. All right, so getting into this week's episode with Jocko, uh, Jocko's stuff is all over the place. He's got one video that we get into on YouTube that has over 22 million views, which is nuts, uh, but he has a incredible background in software, and uh, he actually has some pretty interesting experience with the Italian government. Uh, he may or may not have been a hacker and got, uh, gotten a job because of that, which is which is pretty crazy. But uh, you guys might have also seen recently he had a super successful Kickstarter uh, with the Maker Knife. Uh, with uh, actually Bob Claggett was the voice of the video on his Kickstarter, and Jimmy Dresta has a special version. But it's this really cool utility knife uh, that's super strong, has a really neat neat release mechanism, and his goal was uh, ten thousand euros. Uh, but he, he wound up actually raising two hundred sixty seven thousand euros, which rounds out to about three hundred thirteen thousand dollars which is crazy so we get into that we get into his journey into making and uh, jaco is just uh, a blast to chat with so without further ado let's jump into our interview with jaco we're hanging out with uh jaco from jaco whatever uh youtuber extraordinaire thank you for having me here <laughs> yeah man product maker uh all viral video creator all things crazy uh would you just like tell people what you do like, how do you describe yourself? Well, I guess the short answer is I'm a YouTuber right now. I make content. Like, I try to entertain people. And I like to make stuff. So I combine, you know, entertainment with my passion. So YouTube was the best way to do it. And here I am being a YouTuber right now. That's cool. Uh, when... You first got started, I guess, kind of going uh, way back. 
uh, when you were a kid and growing up was making and building, was that something like you were really into? Uh, not at all. <laughs> Actually, I was really <laughs> bad. No one in my family was like a maker or good at making stuff. Um, my background is actually all computer stuff. So uh, my company, I, I sold my company like two or three years ago. And I decided like, I'm going to take a year off and, you know, I want to do something with my hands, something that I can show people because uh, the things that I was doing were just, you know, so abstract and, you know, you couldn't touch them. So I, I really had the need to make something with my hand. And so I started and I started looking, watching a lot of YouTube videos and, you know, being a fan of uh, people that now are my friends. And so I decided to start my YouTube channel as well. And then that you know, grew and grew and now it's my startup, basically. That's cool. Uh, so computer background, like were you programming, building websites? Uh, is that, is that yeah, what you I mean, for I to school for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my company was like based in London, but I was working in, you know, the Silicon Valley, San Francisco and stuff like that. And I was doing like my job was not like programming. I was like basically managing other people to, you know, do different things. And I was actually the first search engine in Italy for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. And the first pay-per-click in Europe was my company. Oh, wow. Um, so what brought you uh, to the States then? Was it just to get closer to that whole world? I mean, or yeah. is that, that, that just feels like if I'm going to move like across the, the world, that feels like a pretty big jump. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Um, you know, every company that was going to be serious was based there. So right. like just being there, living there, it would mean, you know, go to Starbucks and meet other CEO of like huge companies. And that, that's like a huge advantage if you want to do that kind of things. So uh, for me, it was the most natural thing to do. And that's what I did. So was it your company? I mean, were you yeah, running the yeah, show? Okay. my company, yeah. So basically, Is when the... I sold it like three years ago, I could actually retire. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. So that's why for me right now, the Jaco, whatever, it's a different identity. Like it's it's a company. I don't put money in it. My initial budget was five thousand euro, and I grew just with you know uh, by itself. You know, I just putting back everything that I make. I put it back to the company and try to grow and grow. So you're you're full out like Silicon Valley, uh, like the TV show, like startup. <laughs> like is I that never, is that never you never yeah, watched it? Is that stereotype though? Kind of that startup world, all the hustle, all the crazy stuff that goes into it. Um, is uh, that kind of what you experienced? Like, is it what's it? What's that whole? Yeah, world I think. Like? I mean, I never watched the show, but a lot of things I, I saw memes online and stuff like that. It's basically like that. But a lot of people, they go there, they think they are in the show or in the memes, but they don't do really much. Like right now, <laughs> it's like little different back in the day it was like uh starting from a garage or stuff like that those were real things now you go there to like look for an ipo or you know make companies that never do anything but maybe you sell your team because the team in the silicon valley is uh, like a huge asset to have uh, if you have like good 
good developers. It's like it can be more like an advantage than your actual product in yeah. many cases. Yeah. yeah. How many people did you have working for you? Uh, the when I had like the most I had was twenty three people. Jeez. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and you said so is pay per click and SEO just in Europe? That was kind of the product that you were building. Uh, well, I had many different things because my okay. uh, uh, like the last thing I did was maybe uh, how can I explain like um, a way to have your your house clean and like how can I explain it? Basically. Uh, well, and, and a way to have a maid in your house. Oh, cool! Yeah, without hiring one. So it's like, what's called maidies. Yeah, <laughs> and then I I sold it. that was one of the assets that I sold with my company. Gotcha. That's cool. So was the plan always to kind of IPO and like have an exit, um, or was that something you, you thought you were going to do the rest of your life? It was not in the beginning, but I kind of had to because I was really tired. Uh, that that was like a really tough. Even though my company was like becoming really big, that was like kind of a tough moment of my life. I was like, I wouldn't say depressed, but close to it, kind of you know burning out a little bit and being away from home. I guess when you're Italian, it's even harder because you don't have you know mama making food for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another stereotype for you. But no, I mean, I'm joking right now, but it, it became like kind of hard for me to be away and, you know, not being able to have a family of mine. And I guess that was the right moment to sell. So you were in your 20s, is that right? Because are you in your yeah. early 30s? Did I see that? Yeah, 33 I am. Okay, so you're just a year older than me. Um, how long were you in, in the States then? I've never lived in the States because I was living in uh, London. And I, okay, but I gotcha. was going to San Francisco like every like for three months, every, okay. you know, a few. Because it, so, it was better for me like for taxes and stuff to stay in yeah. London. How long were you um, with your company then? Uh, sorry, what? How long were you working with your company? Well, I started my company when I was 17. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, the start of the company is kind of a story by itself. If you want, if you have yeah, five totally. minutes, I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, so it was 2001, 2000, 2001. There was the GH Summit in Genoa. And so the Italian FBI was, like, looking for uh, – things that might have been a problem and they find they found a website and in this website there was uh like informations stolen from the government and <laughs> it's getting interesting and apparently that guy that got that information was me i can't say if it was me or not but there was my email yeah, yeah. And so that gave me a lot of expo exposure and it made me start my first company basically working for big companies and testing their security stuff. So you and were so you were supposedly um mm -hmm. I guess you can't say for real or not you hacked the Italian government mm -hmm. and then they it's like they It was really you. easy back then. Like, I I wouldn't <laughs> be able to do it right now but it might be that was me. 
That is, I mean, that's like that's like stuff in the, from the movies. That's crazy. So uh, they flipped your powers for good. It sounds like uh, yeah. to, to test. Well, I went to the hospital with panic attacks like uh, six times in four days. Yeah, like it was really bad. But it turned out to be like a huge opportunity for me, and I'm glad that I took it because you know there were like titles on newspapers and stuff like that. So I used that kind of exposure to build my first company. That is that is crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so you go from supposedly hacking uh, your government to uh, building a company because you're uh, with kids. Sounds like with tech in general. Um, so how old or when did you sell? Uh, how long ago was that? I think it was three or four years ago. But actually, I'm really bad with timing for me. Okay, I'm still okay. 15, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's not long ago. Um, Basically, when I started when I started my YouTube channel, so I don't know how old is my YouTube channel. Okay, yeah, I'll go. Actually, I'll I'll check the the back end of it. Um, but why getting into making then? Um, like it sounds like you kind of could have done whatever you wanted. You could you basically did retire. Uh, why did you go to build them? Uh, it was the best thing in that moment for me. Like. My whole life, I've never made something that I could touch, you know? It's like even explaining to my parents what I was doing was like impossible. They were like, yeah, yeah, right. But they wouldn't understand. No one would actually understand what I was doing. And I guess I was always like attracted by people that made stuff because I always had like a toolbox without really making anything. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I was making like uh, RC planes. That was like kind of my making experience before that yeah and so yeah when i moved back to italy i got a house and i thought i'm gonna make all my furniture by myself and i didn't know what i was doing and the only way for me to learn it was like watching youtube videos like jimmy daresta john highs was the first ones that i was watching and then i was like i want to do that too it's so nice because i also had like um a passion for making videos. Yeah. I didn't know why I would make videos. Uh, same thing like making stuff. You know, I have so many uh, furniture that I can make, then what? So I combined the two passions and, you know, YouTube is the best way to do it. That's crazy. So I was, I was looking, it looks like your first video was, um, sorry, in January of 2015. Why published a YouTube? Uh, in addition to actually creating everything you're making? Uh, wanna, that, that's a really nice question. Like, for me, it was, like, I was a huge fan of Jimmy D'Aresta. So, actually, uh, you see January, but it was actually a few months after. Like, that video was, like, unlisted. And then I went to New York for a trip, and I went to meet Jimmy D'Aresta. And I asked him, like, the permission to start my, my YouTube channel. And so I showed him my, my, my video that was unlisted, and he liked it, like, literally. Like, he pushed the button. That's cool. Uh, so after that, I had, like, 20 subscribers. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm a YouTuber now. Like, I have a <laughs> channel. Like, I have no excuses to procrastinate more. So yeah, yeah. From, from there, I remember I was in Manhattan with my phone. And... I had 20 subscribers. 
uh, I don't know who they were. Maybe they're not subscribers anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that exact moment. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to make more movies. Yeah, that's awesome. Videos. Yeah. So did you kind of know then that like you wanted to produce on a consistent basis or were you still just kind of playing around and then um, when you had a cool project, yeah, you I was it up? playing around. I think I made like four videos. Then I didn't do anything for like six or seven months and then started again. Uh, it was not like I'm going to do this as a business. It, it's right. like maybe a year after I decided that that could be my new startup. What um, did you have any early projects uh, that you really enjoyed working on? You mean when I started or like before YouTube? Uh, maybe once it, once it would be on YouTube. Um, no, not, not to my recollect. I, I can't remember. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what then, um, what did your shop kind of look like at this point? Was my basement, like my Who's first shop. Okay. Yeah. My first shop was my, my basement. I only had like a bench saw and a few Makita tools and, um, like the super crappy table saw, the Makita yep. table saw. Yeah, yeah. I really hate. It's like a death trap. <laughs> yeah, to say that. Yeah, I hope you're not sponsored by Makita, but no, I have I have no sponsors. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I still have it. I'm looking for uh, saw stop. But anyway, yeah, I only had like these few tools, and then I got my first welder. It was like a 200 euro welder that I got from like a local store. And then a few months, like same, you know, I was starting making little money and I moved uh, to a, like a little bigger shop that was like separate to my house. And then I moved to the huge shop that I am now. Gotcha. Um, why? Because it seems like you got into doing, especially stuff with metal pretty quick. Uh, was that just, just that whole world? Is that something you've always kind of been inter interested in outside of just working with wood? Now, okay, there's a thing about about me that I, I don't know if like anyone can actually relate to, but I think is that I get kind of good to anything in the beginning, and then I lose interest. I lose yeah. interest. So I'm like, if I work with with wood, I get obsessed. I like watch billion videos, and I only work with wood for like months. And then I need the next thing. Like I get right. kind of good. Yeah. I don't get like amazingly good, but I need to change to something else. Like I can't, I can't stop learning new things. It, yeah. Like the beginning of learning something is the most exciting thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I love that. When you first experience something, like I've just came across uh, oh, yeah. uh, glass blowing. I like I saw it like live recently. Nice. I'm like, how can I get a forge? And how can I get a <laughs> like how, how how does this whole world work? Like, and that's that's the really fun part. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it looks like I'm really good at a lot of things, but actually it's just because I get obsessed with something. Yeah. And I learn really quickly, but then I don't I never become like super good. Like I'm never gonna be a super professional person on something specific. Right, I'm like, pretty much a generalist. Can you say that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, your uh, your stuff may not be like in like fine woodworking. Um, no, no, but it's never but it's like cool. I admire people that can do that. Right, and I yeah. watch a lot of videos and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I lose interest. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I've heard, so Bob Claggett from All Academic Stuff has mentioned he's kind of a generalist. That's how he sees himself too, because it's, he's like, I'm not like incredible at any one thing, but like yeah, I can do exactly. a lot of different things. So. <laughs> I can uh, learn quickly, I guess. It's my, yeah. my luck. That's cool. And that's what's, what's fun too, is like, because your projects are super creative and it's like, there's always, uh, you find those creative things like in the intersection of like two different mediums or mm-hmm. maybe two different processes. Um, that's that's cool. Thank you. So, uh, you're, you moved to your, your big shop. Um, but you missed, you mentioned that this started to be a business. Um, yeah. so was that, were you, is that money from YouTube? Was that sponsors? Like, when did it kind of be like, oh, this isn't just like a side thing. Like I could make money from this. Well, when I decided to move to the big shop, of course I had like a kind of a large rent to, you know, bills and stuff. They, right. they grew quite exponentially. So it had to be uh, a company. Like I had to um, decide that that was a company because I need the money to grow and you know survive. Let's say in that in that business. So I needed to change my mind into this is going to be my next uh, startup, and I made you know a plan for years to come, and I'm just following it. I knew pretty quickly that. I didn't want to have as you know core business or business model uh, I didn't want to rely on advertisement because I I knew from the beginning that I wanted to sell my own things and I don't know I'm I'm just not too much into advertisement cuz they tend to tell you what you have to do and yeah. you know this month you have like three or four next month you don't have any Right. Or, you know, it's it's kind of scary for me. I want to rely on something that I can make and produce myself and sell myself without anyone telling me what my video should be, when they should be released and things like that. Yeah. So we'll definitely get into your, your Kickstarter in a minute. But so has there been products before the Maker Knife that you've like produced and sold? Yes, there was in the beginning, but I, I never uh, showed it on my channel because was not basically <laughs> it's kind of funny it's the first time i say it but i was making um basically i was buying bags like uh beach bla- beach bags i don't know what to call it um but anyway i was like making them uh custom for customers like my sister has a store and i was oh, cool. selling those uh bags through her store and I actually sold like 400 in a summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so that, that was like a really nice budget to have. That's actually when I decided to move to the bigger shop because I had gotcha. a little bit of buffer to do so. Yeah, that's cool. So um, after you got to the bigger shop and your channel's growing, uh, I was, I was kind of, I, I love to go back into like the analytics of mm-hmm. folks' channels and it, it was like what towards the end of January of 2017, um, everything just kind of took off. It looks like, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks like that was like your fidget spinner video. Yeah. Is that is that kind of what was? And so for for people that that don't know, I'll I'll, I'll make sure I include a, a link. But I mean that thing has over what 22 million views. Yeah, which something is, ridiculous like that. <laughs> which is wild, and I get I guess that was kind of in the middle of the fidget spinner craze too. Mm-hmm. But. Um, did you what was that like to seeing something blow up that big that quick for you um so it was not an accident actually 
at that moment, I knew that to grow faster, I needed a viral video. Yeah. So I made my research, and that was the time when fidget spinners were popular. So I thought I'm, I had like three different options, and I started with a fidget spinner. And that first one was actually super viral. So one test and it went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that thing is that thing's nuts. Because yeah, um, you know, for my kind of channel, I was like struggling because everyone that was watching my video, well, I mean, I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people was enjoying my videos, but they were really difficult to find because no one would search for the things that I was making. Right. So I needed one viral video to have the exposure, the exposure to, you know, grow faster. Yeah. And that went pretty well. And I actually enjoyed making those cause I can videos. I'm going to make more for sure. Yeah. But now I went back to making like more build and make stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and with that, you were using, was it the Tormach? Is that right? How you actually machined it? No, I, uh, that was a man- manual mill. Oh, that's manual. Okay, up. gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, how'd you get into just machining? That seems like a whole nother crazy world. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> Watch the <laughs> videos on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> right now, ignorance is a choice. Like, if you want to learn something, you have all the tools, and you don't have to spend any money to learn new things. It's amazing. Like, it's what really excites me because you can learn anything you want online, and YouTube is the uh, the best. You know way to do it yeah yeah that's <laughs> cool so many good people in there. yeah so uh you mentioned you kind of went back to the build videos is that kind of your, your strategy now um yeah. like are you intentional with the project you're working on thinking through like this gets views or is it just the stuff that really interests you no no, no. it's always stuff that really interests me uh the fidget spinner I, I was not interested in fidget spinners but I was interested in, you know, making that particular fidget spinner that would go super fast. Right. That was like uh, my interest. Like I, I never do things for views. I guess that everyone says that, but I sure try to make it in a way that it would be more appealing. And but it's so kind of random that you can never um, predict that. So, yeah. But right now I'm back to making like build stuff. Like gotcha. I'm gonna make more cause I can videos. Yeah. But you know, as long as I have fun and I don't feel like I have to do something because views or numbers, I'm okay. That's cool. Uh, and the thing about your videos, I feel like it's super distinctive because like I just recognize yours, especially when I see a thumbnail. Um, is they're super high contrast. So it seems like your background mm-hmm. is really dark. Uh, and I know you had an earlier video that kind of made fun of that and you were like completely mm-hmm. washed out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were uh, completely washed out, but uh, has that always been an aesthetic you like, or is that kind of out of necessity? Um, what kind of you had to generate or gone towards that direction? Well, I always liked super contrasty stuff and I came to the conclusion not long time ago that basically it's been my whole life because when I was like 14, 15 or 13 years old, I was like working on my computer at night without, you know, trying not to wake up my parents or (laughs) stuff like that. So it's always been me in the dark with my work really lit up. So that's, I guess, it's what took me to this kind of style, I think. Because I really like, you know, working on something that it's really bright and 
being kind of surrounded by darkness in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But actually in real life it's a lot more bright because okay. what I do I have my work super lit up and then I raise the uh, expo exposure. Gotcha. I mean the yeah so it's like super contrasty but in real life I actually see everything around. Yeah, that makes sense. Um that's cool. So Move in to your your Kickstarter that uh, just finished up a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, and the the Maker Knife. And so for I'll include a link in the show notes so people haven't checked it out. Um, but you can you can actually buy it now even though the Kickstarter is over. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can steal from MakerKnife.com. You can pre-order it at the same pre-order price, and it's gonna go like as long as people are gonna buy it. I'm gonna produce them so. <laughs> That's cool. So where did the, the idea come from initially? So as I said before, I always wanted to base my company on building my own products and selling my own, my own products. So when I thought that the time was right, uh, I hired, I hired um, David, David Windestall, which is another amazing YouTuber. And we brainstormed a lot and we decided to go for one product that was not the maker knife but then it was a little too difficult and our experience in that stuff was not high enough you know producing things uh, like thousands of units is not something i've ever done so right. we decided to go with something something sim um, simpler and that was making a pocket knife because okay. i was like kind of frustrated with the ones i had and i wanted to make one that was best suited for me so we made the maker knife the only idea i had was like the mechanism for the uh, two less changing blade and then we found out other ways to make it interesting that's cool so how were you iterating the design like were you machining this were you 3d printing what was that process like yeah the first ones were all 3d printed okay um I think until uh, like prototype 14 was all 3D printed. And then to see if it actually would work in metal, I started prototyping with my Tormac. And I, we did another like, I don't know, five prototypes. And then we started looking for manufacturing companies and ordering like from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to see, yeah. That's cool. To see what, what was good. The I always feel like, especially with Kickstarter, the manufacturing piece is always the super difficult part. Um, has that been hard for you to find the right partners? And um, what's that kind of process like? Uh, it's not hard, but I guess it's, I can say it's expensive because yeah. what you want to do is just ordering from as many people as you can because right. they can say they can do something, but then they can't or they don't do it right. So for me, I don't know, there might be better ways, but for me it was just, you know, ordering from anyone that could make it and having like um, a lot of different prices, you know, get an idea of what they can do, what they can't. And I guess that that's the only way I could do it because I don't have any, you know, network of yeah. developers or stuff. Like that. I have to build that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the, the coolest parts at least especially on the videos is the um like how it pops out and then how you can't push it back in 
Yeah. Um, was when you said that was that you had that idea initially that you wanted no, to include with it? Okay. No, I. So the when we started, like we decided, okay, we're gonna make a pocket knife. I had a few things that I wanted the pocket knife to have, and uh, one was it had to be uh, simple enough that a- anyone could customize it. In fact, the the top plate is just like a flat piece of metal that can be any material you want. It's actually pretty easy to replicate and make it like out of wood or whatever you want. Then I want it to be easy to use with both hands. So that's when it came like kind of natural to have like something in the middle that it's like uh, the same way both sides. So that's why I made the ring. And then I want it to be really light and easy to use basically. And then we came out with that idea after like a few different billions of sketches and (laughs) (laughs) tries. It was really fun, like stressing, but really fun. Yeah. 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 So did you always know you were going to have to do a Kickstarter to kind of get that initial, especially in income to do the tooling and everything with manufacturing? Uh, I don't know. It's for me, like, of course I couldn't predict how many I could make because if you want to produce something, there's always a problem like, you know, to have a price for my manufacturer, you have to give him a number, like how many do you want? And of course, the higher is the number, the the less it's going to cost a single unit. So it's really hard, especially being the first thing I make, it's really hard to predict what that number is. Like for me in the beginning was like 100 units. And of course, the uh, the price was like pretty expensive. Yeah. So Kickstarter gives you the opportunity to don't do that estimation and actually be based on an actual number, which is like crazy important for me. You know, it's like I don't have to like invest a lot of money in something that maybe doesn't sell, or I don't have to you know produce like a hundred units and then I have like six thousand to make. Kickstarter give you this advantage that it's like, for me, it's like something crazy important and really cool. Yeah. So take us to, you're about to launch the Kickstarter. What, (laughs) what was your feeling like? Were you like, is anybody going to buy this? Like, did you have any (laughs) expectations? Cause it was what? 10,000 euros. That was your goal. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Okay. So 10,000 euros was actually the right amount for me to don't lose too much. I would be still losing money with only 10,000 euro, but I would make, uh, basically I could build the knives uh, without losing money, but all the investment I made, like hiring David and Hmm. uh, the first prototypes and stuff would be lost. But for me, it was like the price for me to learn a lot of things about products, um, uh, production of stuff. So I was okay with 10,000 euro because I really wanted to make that happen. Got it. Uh, then when I was ready to launch the Kickstarter, actually, I procrastinated for like a month. <laughs> like I was so uh, nervous. I, like, I didn't want to know how it would be, like if it was a failure or a success. Like I started finding all kinds of excuses to procrastinate the launch. <laughs> I don't know, right now it's stupid to say, but it was like actually Jimmy saying like, okay, tomorrow you're going to launch it because yeah. enough, you know? 
I was like refining the pictures and refining the page, refining everything for like a month, but I could have launched it a month earlier. And so then I, I finally did it. And, you know, I filmed the process, the process and not even two hours later, the goal was met. And that was that, incredible. That's crazy. What, how quickly after you launched did that first order come in or first backer? Uh, like a minute. I didn't, yeah, I, I reached the goal before I could uh, publish my video, like the launch video. That's crazy. Yeah, it was really, really great. I only put like a picture on Instagram and that, you know, was like, ding, 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 ding. All, <laughs> all the uh, the sounds from the phone, like those amazing uh, notifications. <laughs> it was really exciting. That's cool. So um, it ran for is it 35 days. Is that how long they yes. do it? Yeah. And so looking at it now, um, you raised over uh, 267,000 euros, which I think is like three thirty dollars $330,000. Like, what is that like? Um, like in, in the context of the project, like, are you able to do more because of that? I mean, I know it kind of blew away your expectations, but what's it like now on the backside yeah. of now that now it's over? Yeah, I mean... This amount of money, of course, as I said before, is going to be completely invested back to the company. Gotcha. And I have something cool coming up that I can't tell. But one thing I can tell is that I'm hiring a video editor. Yeah. And I might have found him. And it's going to be really great because it's going to be, for me, the opportunity to start like going kind of daily. Uh, producing videos daily and that that's amazing because right now editing for me is like impossible like yeah. i have to do too many things and it's not like i i can't do it anymore like it it takes two days to edit one video but i need those days to produce the knives and you know manage the company and the new people it's I can't do that. So I'm really excited to have a video editor. And it was actually when I went to uh, Alex Steele yeah. that he convinced me that actually having a, giving away that part of the process is actually a really good thing. Because I was like scared because uh, like editing for me, it's part of my identity on, on YouTube. And I was afraid, you know, that it would change or it, I wouldn't recognize the, the final product. But looking how Alex Steele is doing well with his video editor, uh, it really convinced me that it's the, the best thing to do right now. That's why. That's cool. So um, do you have like a timeline when you're trying to get to maybe those daily videos or is it, you're just kind of ramping up once you get your new folks in? I'm thinking that I'm going to ramping up. Gotcha. Because, gotcha. yeah. Because it's not going to be possible to make daily videos just yet, but even just two or two a weeks, it would be it would be great for now. That makes sense. Uh, fast forwarding, maybe like five years down the road from now, um, do you still see yourself like as a YouTuber, or do you see this as a bigger like media business with a product arm? Kind of where do you see the the future of of where you're going? Um, five years. It's a really long time. I, I, 
Okay, so maybe okay, maybe two yeah. years, one year, like, Matt, or I, what's kind of the direction you're going towards? So Talk about that. It would make sense for me to um, to answer this this question. I would have to tell you something that I can't tell you right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> which you've been hitting hitting it. I feel like in yeah. every video I've watched recently. So I'm yeah, looking forward yeah. to it. I'm going to tell you name, later. But, <laughs> wait, wait. but um, okay. okay. It's a really big thing and a big change for the channel and everything I'm making. So I'm I'm super pumped. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so maybe another hypothetical question: When you look, say you like you're completely done making or or whatever, you're retired for real, retired, not just mm-hmm. retired in your 30s, which is amazing. Do you want to be seen more for your like your the videos you produced or the pr- products you produce like? Where do you kind of see your legacy in your own eyes? That's a really nice question. Uh, maybe my product, because okay. it's not it's not me like as an identity, but it's what I made. So, yeah, a really nice question though. I want to think cool. more about it. Maybe it's going to change, but I'm going to say my products. That's cool, and I imagine it'll be a combo of both uh, once you get there. But. Um, oh, and the, the other question I have about the maker knife. So you have a special Jimmy Doresta version mm-hmm. with his name obviously in it, and it's yeah. uh, is it? Uh, it's like it's gold. Uh, was that mm-hmm. something you knew? Like, did he want to like when you're working through the process? It was like, a, hey, make my own version, or kind of how did that work? Uh, so he's been uh, a great supporter of this project because I was sending him pictures of every like different iteration. So for me, it was like I had to give him something back. <laughs> yeah. And the best way that I could think of it was making uh, a Daresta version of it. And of course, he said, sure, I'm, I'm super happy to do it. So I, I'm, I'm super honored to have like his name in one of my products. So Yeah. Would you ever have imagined going all the way back to Manhattan when he like liked your first video and he got 20 subscribers that you would be building like a custom Jimmy Duresta knife with all these backers on Kickstarter. <laughs> That's crazy. Like Jimmy is one of my closest friend now. Yeah. And it's great because you know, I'm still like a fanboy. Like I watch every video he makes and you know, I, I'm an actual fanboy. but being able to, you know, talk to him as a friend and, you know, drive around uh, with him. It's like, still crazy for me like i can't i can't imagine like he's really the 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 best person i ever met for real like he's so genuine and everything he makes is so okay i'm fanboying out as you can see but (laughs) i'm I'm a huge fan of jimmy so yeah he's he's awesome i had him on the show uh Mm several months ago and he was like yeah man totally like i, I was like there's no way he's gonna even respond to this email and he's like whatever so he's so <laughs> he nice says yes to and everything I, and i feel like i, I feel like everyone's everyone says that who meets him so um he's just that way which is which is cool well uh, i appreciate your time and and jumping on calling all the way from italy uh, Thank i think you. you're just the second maybe third european so we've had laura and we've had cool. alec on uh nice but um, for people that, that aren't familiar with your stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so makerknife.com for the maker knife and then just Jacko whatever, is that mm-hmm. the best places you'd send people? Yeah, if you search for Jacko whatever, you'll find everything, I guess I do. But YouTube cool. is where I do most of my things and Instagram maybe. Got it. 
Well, sweet man. Well, thank you so much. It was a, it was a blast chatting. Thank you. Wow, the time went really fast. All right, thanks for hanging around to the end. This is where I give you guys a quick update about the things I've got going on in my own shop. If you guys did not know, I have a completely separate YouTube channel called The Make or Break Shop that I wanna encourage you guys to check out. My goal, I just actually set some quarter three goals and one of the big ones is to post way more often over there. Uh, I love producing videos and I love doing projects and so there's gonna be a lot more coming at you guys. And speaking of that, a video I'm working on this week is uh, how to basically create a sign with a CNC. And it's really setting up more of a sign business. So I've been working on some football stadium designs and I've been putting those out, selling them on Etsy. I'm gonna be doing some uh, in-person uh, shows as well as a bunch of things. But this is kind of the process on how to make a sign, especially using one of like the Shapeoko or X-Carbon machines. Um, just some tips and tricks I've learned because I've got a huge pile of signs that I have messed up. And so maybe you guys can learn from my experience. Got some other cool projects that are coming down the pipe here really soon, um, as well as I am hopefully going to be putting together some training over on Fusion 360. So I know a lot of you guys potentially use SketchUp, uh, but uh, Fusion really has been getting popular here recently. And uh, I would love to kind of walk you guys through some of the things that I've learned specifically for making and woodworking. Uh, we may, might do some CNC stuff and like cam paths, but uh, just the ability to do a really nice mock-up and get a really nice render, I found super useful as well as you can create plans and um, Fusion is just, just pretty, pretty crazy uh, once you get into it. So uh, if that is something you guys would be interested in, let me know. As always, you guys can hit me up over on Instagram at the Make or Break Shop. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, we actually did this one live. And so I will be announcing when we're going live with new interviews over there on Instagram, uh, as well as actually on YouTube. So you can check out the Make or Break show on YouTube. We've got some fun guests. Uh, actually, we're recording a good bit next week. So be sure and check it out. And until next time, go make or break something in your shop. See you guys.